everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad, we were just talking about crying, what are you up to? Totally not prepping myself for crying, what are you up to? Uh, Also not prepping myself for crying, Uh, uh, but that's a couple weeks away, so we're all good. We were just discussing the schedule and we have something that is a bit of a tearjerker coming up in the works in the next couple of weeks, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. But today we are going to be discussing The Devil is a Part-Timer Season 1, but before we get into that, what you been up to? A whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Basically. Work has been interesting, mm-hmm. to say the least. I am a not happy boy, but I mean, you know, we're here doing this, so fuck work. <laughs> In all manners of imagination, because I don't even want to get into it. That's a, uh, that's a, I need a bitch mm-hmm. for another time. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, GTA RP a lot. Also, the new Resident Evil is out, so I've been getting spooked. That's been a lot of fun. And Pokemon Snap! Yeah, my brother recently just got that as well, and he is obsessed. I'm such a child, man. But not only that, but Pokemon Snap is my childhood. I grew up playing that. It was one of the first games I got on my N64, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I've talked to Janessa about it a lot, about how we had like all the Easter eggs for the game figured out and everything. Mm-hmm. Just such a blast. So getting to play the new one and mess around has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But that's primarily been most of my time. I'm going to a tennis tournament tomorrow, not participating, just going to watch. Also, it has been put in my lap again that i am in charge of a birthday cake for a friend so (laughs) birthday cake shenanigans are happening tomorrow fun do you want an insight on what the cake is gonna be i would love an insight so it's for one of my really good buddies eric who i've known for over a decade at this point we played football together in middle school knew each other all through high school all the way up to this point Mm mm-hmm But one thing I did not find out until very recently is that his nickname in middle school on the football team before I transferred to said middle school was Hubcap. (laughs) So, needless to say, his cake, the image on it is going to be a Hubcap. Nice. With a crown on it because he won a beauty pageant. Nice. As a child. And just says Princess Eric. Cute. Oh, okay. So, um, I don't know if this is going to add anything to it or if you've already ordered it, um, but uh, the prince in The Little Mermaid is called Eric. Oh, you see, if I had known that, I would have got some like black wavy hair yeah. put on the hubcap. Had I known, yeah. had I thought, had my brain gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's already done. Damage is done. You'll have to get him a, a red wig or something. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Amazon Prime it. Can you get one for tomorrow? <laughs> Is it too late? Amazon, can I get Prime delivery now, yes, please? Yes, Prime delivery now <laughs> on a red wig stat. Yeah, just get it to me. Get it to me, please, and thank you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, besides that, I'm trying not to spend an obscene amount of money on anime stickers for the new truck. <laughs> but also, my current lanyard is wearing out, so do I order an Ezeko lanyard? Do I not? Mmm... Also, on the topic of that, I had a random idea. Did you? Can you just get, like, random Demon Slayer merch made for everything? I'm pretty sure you can get custom most stuff. I mean, think about it. Like, Demon Slayer ties with, like, the 
patterns of like their jackets and Nezuko's kimono. Well, they must be able to. Also, like we talked about last week, like a Nezuko vinyl wrap for the truck. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you could get you can get most stuff because a lot of company logo stuff is stuff for around the office. So like ties, mugs, pens, yeah, water bottles, clothing. Most clothing you can get custom. I mean, tis tis very true. Yeah. Need to need to work on something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's primarily been my week. Mm-hmm. What about yours? How's your week been? Oh, uh, not too bad. Uh, I went to the doctors and got my results for my MRI. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Turns out my results kind of got lost between doctors. It was one of those things where it was like the surgery sent it to the people that referred me to the surgery, but then they, but well, they were supposed to, but they didn't. They sent it to the doctor that I went to the walk-in clinic for, and then she didn't get it because she thought that they had sent it to the place that she had referred me to. So it was like, nobody had it, you know? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to love systems and technology. Um, so yeah, they had to go digging in my file to find it, but they did find it. And uh, basically, I have torn the cartilage in, in my wrist all the way through in, like, everywhere. <laughs> so uh, I just want to know, how do you manage that? I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I have to, I, I still haven't called the place where I'm supposed to find out my treatment plan because I have phone anxiety and um, I, yeah, I'm trying to pluck up the courage to, to call. It has been unsuccessful so far. I will get around to it. Uh, do, I, do I just need to send you like motivational anime gifts on Monday? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh yeah, because I hate using the phones. I would much rather drive to the city two hours away and knock on their door and be like, hey, sup, um, rather than call. I hate phones. But, you know, it's what it is. I have to call them eventually, and I will. Um, so, but yeah, my, as far as I'm aware, I think it's going to be like steroid injections to start off with to see if that does anything. And... And then I, yeah, I don't really know, to be honest, what the the treatment plan is. I've worn a brace for like three months and that did nothing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, strapping it or or taping it or wearing a brace or casting or whatever isn't going to fix the problem as it is because it is such an old injury. So I don't know. We'll see. But um, another thing is that I also tried to go donate blood recently, but my iron levels were too low to do so. It's quite common in women who donate blood quite often. And then also because I'm vegetarian as well, that doesn't help. Um, So yeah, I had to go and get labs done today to see if I am like actually anemic or if it was just like a day where my blood, like my hemoglobin dipped, you know? Mm -hmm. So waiting on those results as well, which will be another phone call because, you know, email isn't a thing, apparently. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how all that stuff works. I never go to the doctor for anything. Yeah. PSA, kids, go to the doctor. (laughs) Go to the doctor. Yeah, I'm quite a regular doctor attendee person, but then I'm quite a sickly person. So, (laughs) you know, it happens. I mean, you are the most injury prone out of the two of us, surprisingly. Yeah. Surprisingly. Because uh, <laughs> I I know I'm definitely the most clumsy out of the two of us. I don't know about that. See, the twins still laugh at me for attempting to walk in straight lines and just veering off into walls. I can see it. But yeah, so lots of hospital stuff this week. 
Um, I did some work on my herb garden today. Oh, feeling very herby. Herby. Uh, yeah, herby. <laughs> okay. Uh, you good? Yeah, sorry, that just made me giggle. Um, yeah, no, I got some plants from the garden center um, and have been working on a patch. We took out a section in the back garden. There was like a small pond that we had that like wasn't really big enough to do anything with, if you know what I mean. It was kind of like a large mm-hmm. puddle rather than a pond. Um, mm-hmm. And we kept it for a couple of years because we had this frog that kept coming back, but he hasn't been back for for a couple of years. So we decided to take out the pond. So once the ground thawed, we took out the pond and we filled that section in and like joined the two beds on either side together to make it one big bed. Mm-hmm. And that is now my herb garden. When I'm previously, it was like a herb garden on one side and then my strawberry patch on the other and then the pond in the middle. Um, but now the whole thing is going to be my strawberry patch slash herb garden. Um, because I love growing plants and herbs and, and things like that. I don't know. I, it's something I've done since I was very small. Um, England is a very good place for growing stuff if you have mm-hmm. space to do so, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, the ground and the soil and the rain and the, the weather is very good to grow stuff in the UK. So I kind of grew up around people that grew stuff. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's kind of something I've always done. So I went to the garden centre and picked up some plants today, um, which I probably shouldn't have done because COVID is really bad out here in Alberta. Um, We are doing a fantastic job. I'm being completely serious about this. Yay, go Alberta. Um, (laughs) Probably shouldn't have left. But uh, yeah, I went out to do my blood labs. So I was out anyways. And I wore a mask. And it was a garden centre. It was outside. I feel like it's fairly acceptable. Right? I'm just staring at the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, it's fine. Yeah. Then again, at this point, I'm just like, I'm vaccinated. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, my first vaccine is next week. <laughs> yeah, look at you go. I know Janessa got hers today. Yeah, yeah. Pfizer gang for life, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, if you don't get Pfizer, you're being disowned. <laughs> I don't actually I'm know. I'm sorry. That, I don't make the rules. It, that's that's just, just the rules. Those are the rules. I don't actually know what I'm getting. I'll get what I'm given when I'm there. Um, well, again, <laughs> you. it's Pfizer or you're disowned. Okay, sure. Prickles and I will find someone else. We probably won't. But I'm going to make empty threats anyway. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, so I got some lavender, some sage, some rosemary, and an oregano. Um, or oregano, as you would say. Um, oregano. <laughs> an oregano. Um, and yeah, planted those in the garden. I want a mint. I want a chamomile. I want a lemon balm. Um, and then I think probably a parsley um, and a curry, because I feel like those are the ones that we would use the most. Yeah. I don't understand half of what you just said. I'm just rolling with it. <laughs> Different types of plants. I don't. I don't understand me no like vegetable. Nah, they're just herbs that you use to flavor stuff, and you do like herbs because you put spice on everything. I mean, you're right. I'm like a spice king. Yeah. Like, I 
anytime I went over to Walker and Breeze to cook dinner, they had like that giant spindle rack that has like all the fresh herbs in it, mm-hmm. like all of them. Mm-hmm. So I like just have a field day with seasonings. Yeah. But again, I just like to play the idiot here. It's what I do. <laughs> if it no potato, me no know what is. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm quite excited about it. Last year, we managed to um, grind up and, and, and store some dried herbs. Mm-hmm. So we had them all throughout the winter, but we've mostly used them up now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to having some some new ones and i'm glad i found a lavender that isn't in flower because i hate when they force flowers just because it looks nicer in the store but then you take it home and the flowers will die and the plant wilts because it's been forced to grow too fast Mm -hmm. but yeah anyway that's my tangent on plants so all i'm saying is that i need photo updates of how the herb Mm -hmm. garden goes herb garden i was gonna say are you good what did you just say then i I had a minor stroke forgive me okay just a small one (laughs) again my my brain just works too fast for my mouth to keep up with yes i know feelings that is like that Uh uh-huh yes words they Mm -hmm. compute Uh (laughs) uh-huh oh and i made my brother die laughing today because i showed him that uh a tiktok um, uh-huh. I'll have to see if I can find it and, and post it on the Twitter or something for the for the podcast so you guys can see it as well. Um, but it's this dude that's like, so your boyfriend might have a Star Wars, can't remember the name of shit because I've never seen Star Wars. Don't judge me. Judge me heavily. I don't care. I've never seen Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and, and he goes, but can he drink a whole ca- can of sparkling water? Oh my Without god, bluffing. I know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> and he chugs it and then it malfunctions, then burps and crashes into a garage door. And I lost my shit. It's so funny. Yep, yep. I do I love that one so much. Yeah. It's freaking funny. I saw that video at like 4 a.m. when I should have been asleep, and I had to like muffle my laughs because of course I'm not the only person that lives in my house. And I was tears streaming down my face. I was laughing so hard. And I thought, I half thought it was delirious 4am laugh. But then I showed my brother today and I laughed just as hard. So it's really funny. Go I was going to say, I think it's one of those that just gets funnier every time you watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. It's like Tonica. It just doesn't get old. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the way that he doesn't know how to deal with the situation. <laughs> He just starts panicking, and it's really funny, and it's perfectly cut off. Yep. It's like the second that his face collides with the garage door just ends. Yeah, and I don't think knowing what is in the TikTok spoils the TikTok either. Like, it's no. it's just as funny knowing what the content is. It's so, so good. I highly recommend you go and watch it. It made me die laughing. So funny. But it's like, have you ever watched those videos on YouTube that's like perfectly cut screams? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like we were one actually of those. talking about that, and that's how I got to showing him that TikTok. Oh well, see, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. Do we have any news? Yes, I do have news. Mm, let's get into that then, because yeah, no, the rest of my week was pretty boring. I mean, I did some painting and drawing, but yeah, other than that. Mm-hmm. Demon Slayer has officially grossed over forty million dollars in the North American box office. That's a whole lot of money, but yeah, especially during COVID. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like the screenings keep just keep getting pushed back more and more because 
as more people become vaccinated, more people are like, ooh, let's go see it. Mm-hmm. Which you should. If you're listening to this and you're vaccinated or if you feel safe enough to go to a theater and go watch it, do it. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Phenomenal. Go watch it. Anyway. Yeah. It 100% deserves that. Plus more. Just mm-hmm. Give it all. But then, not only that, but Demon Slayer has officially won the number one film worldwide for 2020. It is the first non-Hollywood film to ever win the award. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, seriously. Congratulations. Because they, again, they deserve it. It's one of those things where it still frustrates me to no end that it was snubbed from every single American award show. Mm-hmm. But you can't snub it from winning the number one film in the world mm-hmm. because that's precisely what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, major, major congratulations on that front. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm really interested in the statistics of it during COVID because it's groundbreaking that it did so well during a global pandemic. But it also makes me incredibly curious as to what the numbers would have been if it wasn't a pandemic and it was being released amongst Hollywood films that had been able to have been filmed that kind of got put on pause and and procrastinated because of the pandemic when Demon Slayer wasn't because it's animation. Mm -hmm. You know? So it makes me curious as to how it would have fared against live action films that would have been filmed during the time period. Yeah, I'm definitely curious as well, because I know Wonder Woman was supposed to get a theatrical release, and it didn't. Mulan was supposed to get a theatrical release, and it didn't. I expect probably a Marvel film, yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot of stuff that it would have been going up against that it just ended up not because of COVID. So I'm curious how it would have done. But then again, just because of how huge Demon Slayer got before it anyway, due to TikTok culture. Yeah. I... I'm honestly curious how it would have done, because I still feel like it would have done extremely well. Probably not, you know, 20 weeks at number one in the Japanese box office. But I Mm -hmm. still think it would have done extremely well being what it is. Agreed. I feel like I had some other news to talk about, but I think it got deleted. (gasps) Give me more, give me more. Quick, stall, tell a joke. Give me more. Did you get very far? Um, the only joke I have that's running through my head is not appropriate for the podcast. I've was, already shared it with you. It's the Russian. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I can tell you about the fact that I have a cactus on my desk right now that normally sits on a shelf, but I'm slowly trickling water into it because I haven't watered it in like probably about three months. <gasps> so It's the adorable one that has a bow on it. It is the adorable one that has a bow on it. Yeah. yeah. I like how we were talking about cacti before we sat down to record, too. Mm-hmm. That's why I am watering it right now, because I thought, huh, I know it's a cactus and doesn't need a lot of water, but, but that, uh, that's probably pushing it. But fucking watered this thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's sharing my water, which has blackberries, raspberries, and a bit of lemon juice in it. So it's getting extra nutrients as well. Mine has caffeinated Mio in mine, so, you know, not not good for plants. No, no. (gasps) Okay, I remember what it was. Oh my god. Okay, so, last piece of news. I'm so fucking excited for it. Because it's one of the first manga that I read whenever I, like, fully dove into reading manga. Mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. It's lovely. 
It's Komi-san can't communicate, and it's finally getting an anime adaptation in October. Yeah. The anime community has been waiting for this shit for almost six years at this point, and I am so excited that it's finally getting one. Blue saw the trailer. What do you think? I'm actually really, really excited. I absolutely love representation of any kind in um, the neurodivergent type community. Uh, I don't think they, they explicitly said anything specific in that trailer. They probably won't throughout the anime. They keep it fairly vague, I'd assume, mm-hmm. on, the, on the actual name of the disorder or whatever. But that's really cute. I love it. Um, and I am excited to watch it as, uh, yeah, someone who has troubles communicating sometimes and sometimes is a little bit much for some people. Um, I find that, uh, sometimes people who are the opposite (laughs) are great listeners and I appreciate them. Um, (laughs) uh, but yeah, I know it's, it's really cute. I'm excited for it. I feel like a lot of people in the anime community have communication disorders. It's one of the reasons why we all band together and like anime. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a cute one. I want to watch now. Yeah, I I can't wait. As you can tell from the art style, like, they're going ham on, like, how pretty it is. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously her character model stands out from everyone. But then those moments where her, like, anxiety kicks in and, like, you just see it, like, her whole animation style change and her eyes just turn into giant fucking basketballs. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes. It's wonderful. It follows the manga style of those moments to a t mm-hmm. i can't wait i'm it's one of those shows to where i've basically dropped a lot of week-to-week stuff right now i will be watching that week to week i genuinely cannot express how excited i am to finally be getting that yeah so kit so shall we shall we talk about our topic for the day yeah let's jump into it Alright, so our topic for the day is something that I've wanted to cover for a little while now. Mm-hmm. However, due to the second season finally being announced, mm-hmm. it's time to talk about The Devil is a Part-Timer. So, The Devil is a Part-Timer was originally a light novel written by Satoshi Wakahara. Mm-hmm. It ran from February 10th of 2011 to August 7th of 2020 for a total of 27 volumes. I remember us talking about this yeah. whenever it came to an end. Because mm-hmm. that was like major podcast news for me. Yeah, and, and I remember us talking about how that it's a lot of volumes, there's a lot of content. Mm-hmm. And so on the note of there being a lot of volumes on the manga perspective, again... Written by Satoshi Wagahara. Its run was from February 2012 to present for a total of 16 volumes so far. Mm-hmm. So that's at least enough manga for them to have two seasons, if not more. Mm-hmm. Probably closer to three seasons, if we're being honest here. So they are... They have more than enough to continue on past season two if they feel like it. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the television show goes, it was directed by Naoto Hosoda. Mm -hmm. It was done by White Fox. And at this point, do I need to say any more about White Fox? They were the people who did ReZero. Yeah. I think we know where I stand with just how great White Fox is. Mm Mm-hmm. And its original run was from April 4th of 2013 
to June 27th of 2013. So the people that watched this whenever it came out, you have our sincerest apologies of having to wait almost eight years to get more. Yeah, that's a that's a long wait, but it gives me hope for all out. <laughs> Mate, I know. It was Madhouse. I know. A girl can dream. A girl can dream, but this is one of those times. It's it's time to. It's time to move it's, on. It, it's time to put those to bed. No. No, I, I don't think I will. <laughs> Until I get another <laughs> rugby anime to replace it, I'm still going to ho- hope for All Out. I mean, we we have a soccer anime to watch here soon, though. Mm-hmm. That's true. Although, I, I, again, we just talked about not being ready for sad boy hours here in a couple weeks. Are, are we sure we want to do that to ourselves? Uh, For some reason, out of all of the sports animes I've watched, the football ones are the saddest. Have have we covered another football? Anime? I don't think we've covered one on the podcast, but I've watched a couple on my own time, and they have really sad plot lines, and I don't know why. What is it about football that makes them all sad? Maybe it's just the ones you've watched. Maybe you just haven't found like the Dragon Ball Z version soccer animes. <laughs> I still need to get you to watch um, Ice Shield Twenty One for American football. See, I've seen clips. Yeah. Part of me is like, clips are probably enough. <laughs> I feel like you should just watch like one or two episodes just to start off with. Just to, to really like get a good feel for it. Because it's really So you're really trying funny. to major me into this situation is what you're going for. Uh, major, I think is, yeah, major hits you in the feels right off the bat. Eye Shield is, I don't know, it's just amusing. It's more like Prince of Tennis. Mm-hmm. Whereas Major is more like a... Major is, I feel like, is kind of more on the slice of life side than the baseball side. Mm-hmm. But Prince of Tennis and I Shield 21 are both pretty completely focused in their sports. I mean, Major is still completely focused in his sport, but it does have that, like, um, emotional growth throughout mm-hmm. the, the seasons. Which I haven't actually seen Major 2 second season yet, so I don't know if, I assume it continues that, that same vibe, but yeah. It's obviously beloved, considering how how much content there is. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is is that I just need to throw Eye Shield into the animes to plan section, and we need to get around to it at some. There's also a whole bunch of episodes of Eye Shield, so yeah, it's one of those ones that maybe you should start watching casually, and then we can just we can have a sports day. That's what we'll have. We'll have podcast sports day, and we'll review. Like three different really long running sports animes where you've just watched like a few episodes and I've watched the entire thing because I'm insane. And uh, then we could just casually talk about sports day animes. <gasps> I'll take your idea, but I'll raise you mm-hmm. an actual anime idea. Okay. The B&B Anime Sports Festival. That's, yes. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Perfect. <laughs> Did you have sports day when you were a kid? Uh, like once or twice. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't as big as it is in like Japanese culture, or at least yeah. with anime, with like their sports festival. Nothing like that. Yeah, see, we had it pretty big in the UK. Like sports day was a thing when I was in primary school. But out here in Canada, we had like track and field day. But it wasn't, it was like you did the track and field events and then you would possibly 
compete and then if you did well then you would like progress and it was like an actual thing as opposed mm-hmm. to just like having some fun at school which is what it was more of in the uk mm-hmm. so the uk i assume is more like japan and canada i assume is more like america in the way that they did it you see our like quote-unquote sports day was after we got done with like our state testing or whatever at the end of the year mm-hmm. we would just all go outside and play yeah which was stupid and ridiculous <laughs> but you know in the in the uk we had like um egg and spoon race the sack race the uh, three-legged race um you would play uh that would be like um the parents race as well when you were really young the parents would come in and and do which i think they showed in in last week's anime didn't we we had a parents a parents event at their sports uh, day no that was shoto being you know oh etchy. right mm-hmm. <laughs> world <Okay>. class <laughs> yeah um and uh and yeah so there's there's I don't know, it was like, it was a lot more playful in the UK. It might have just been that I was younger. Um, but then when I came to Canada, then it became like the provincial, I want to say like a test, because it wasn't a test, it was like a provincial tournament. And you would compete within your school first, and then the top three at each event would then go to a track and field meet. And then they would go, and it wasn't like we didn't have like a track and field team that went it was the best at the school after the, they had a sports day. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the track and field team did better because they were trained in those events, but they had to compete against the rest of the school in case there was like a dark horse or someone who was on a different sports team that actually did really well because they wanted the best from the school, not just the best from the team. I was going to say, so what I'm hearing is, is that it was actually a recruiting event. Oh, yeah, 100%. For the track and field team. Yeah, well, kind of, yeah. Um, there was this one dude that I remember from first year of high school um, who uh, was amazing at hurdles. He was kind of short, which is unusual for hurdles, I feel like. I feel like hurdles people tend to be taller. But he was like, you, you know Pepe Le Pew from the Looney Tunes? Mm-hmm. That's what he always reminded me of. <clears throat> you know? That's funny. Yeah. Um... Because he would, like, run, and then he would just, like, hover, and then, like, jump over. He wouldn't, he had no, like, you know how, like, when you see hurdles runners, that, like, they always maintain their same level. They just, like, lift their legs when they jump. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? He would, like, he would, like, run, 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 and then bounce, and then run, 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 and then bounce. But he was amazing. He got, he was so fast in his bizarre way of running. Um, and he... Uh, did really, really well, and he went off to to get recruited for some sport. I don't know what he got recruited for, but yeah, I never saw him again after that. Um, so I feel like it was like there were a lot of scouts that went to those kinds of events that then like mm-hmm. looked for people. Because um, they, I remember, I remember sometimes they would look at me because I'm tall and lanky and look athletic, and then um, uh, I would do things. And they're like, "Oh no, she's she's a theater kid." <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's rude. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It was, but it wasn't. Um, because most of the sports stuff that I've done are quite performative sports. I don't know. Or they're like weird sports. I haven't ever really done like a lot of the mainstream stuff, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like when I did figure skating, I did figure skating in the UK. I didn't skate over here in Canada, which is like, what? I mean, then again. Yeah. 
guess you could say it kind of makes sense, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Mm. Um, over here, I started rock climbing because that makes sense. I mean, sure. Why not? Yeah, I can why see not? It. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know a huge tangent. But yeah, sports day. So you said something about a sports test. Did you guys do the pacer test mm-hmm. in Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Beep. I was going to say, is that uh, is that something that we just had to go through hell for? No, I think that's that all was... North America. That's that's a that's a memory I have in my brain. Learning to line dance to Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> See, we we didn't have to do that. However, it was uh oh boy, I was not not a fan of the pacer test. However, one thing I can tell you is that although I was fat and out of shape all through elementary school, I never got out first. Nice. My pride would not allow me. I would literally be sucking air, doing everything I could to stay alive, but I would not go out first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I all of a sudden became athletic during those tests. Yeah, it, it just it doesn't make sense. Like somewhere in my brain, like something clicked. It was like, oh, yeah, I am amazing. I remember getting such satisfaction over the skipping section of our, like, um, provincial statistics tests. Because um, we would do the, the PACER test. Mm-hmm. And then the next day in gym class, we would do, um, like, stretching and they would measure how flexible we were. Um, and then skipping and see how many skips we could do in a minute. And, you know, other things like that where they could get, like, tangible results. How many sit-ups, how many push-ups you could do in a minute so that they could report it to the government to be like, this is how fit our students are. And I remember getting such incredible satisfaction over the skipping because I would always do really, really well at skipping. And it's for no reason other than the fact that every British schoolgirl ever is amazing at skipping because they send you out onto a playground with a rope and tell you to have fun and that's it. (laughs) so while north americans get jungle gyms and playgrounds we got a rope and uh yeah it's it's just it's a cultural thing i don't know you just learn to skip when you're when you're in school in the uk Mm -hmm. and um so i used i remember doing that and they would be like the kids that were like yeah i take boxing classes and yeah i'm part of like this martial arts class or whatever so i'm really good at skipping and then I would just be there, like doing three times the amount of, of them, not for any other reason, because it wasn't like I was fitter than them or stronger than them or anything. I just had the technique so down because I've been doing it since I was four years old. Hmm. You know, not for me. Yeah. It's just one of those cultural things that you do on the playground all the time when you're younger. Hmm. Interesting. What, whatever you can do with a rope, we did it. Except like, you know, murder. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to drink my plant then, not my water. Prickles, no. (laughs) No. You would be the one being a prick that time. (laughs) Just like a prickles. My, how the turntables have turned. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Devil is a Part-Timer. Uh, it is rated PG-13. On my anime list, it is given a score of 7.81. On Anime Planet, it is given a score of 
5.3 out of 5. 4.3. 5.3? That's impressive. That is... That is like that's really Demon Slayer levels of impressive <laughs> right there. <laughs> no, four point three out of five. Yeah, eight point six. I can math out of ten. Um, so pretty consistent across the two websites. I mean, definitely deserving. Yeah, very popular. Lots of people have have watched it. It seems like it's very well watched on both sites. Mm-hmm. Um, well recorded to have been watched. It's a, it's definitely a cult classic here in America. Mm-hmm. Like, it's on the levels of fucking, what was it that we watched? Dead Men Wonderland levels of cult classic here. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those introductory animes. I'm surprised I missed it, to be honest, when I first started watching anime, because I feel like it's one of those ones that people like, oh, you just started watching anime? Watch this one. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of those, like, Tree. This is the only anime he's ever gotten his wife to watch. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense, because it's such an easy watch, Mm -hmm. to where I feel like anybody could sit down and watch it. Yeah. It's got its tropes, don't get me wrong, but it's still a really easy and entertaining watch. Yeah, well, I mean, even the tropes I feel like are fairly tasteful. (laughs) I mean, in, in a way that a trope can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, because I mean, there is like the big boobs trope and stuff like that, but I don't feel like it is excessive, overused, or... Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it ever really crossed the line with no, anything. No, yeah. I don't feel like it negates anything. I mean, it's... You could argue, if you wanted to be particular, that the girl with the big boobs is 16, so weird. But... Uh, I feel like that's pushing it because i know for a fact that there are a lot of high school girls at 16 with boobs that big yeah like it's not it's not being distasteful it's being i guess in a way realistic yeah and and i i mean it's i i didn't feel like it was like you were ogling her because of her boobs at any point no and i don't feel like they tried to make you feel like that you know, mm-hmm. I feel like it was always done with a comedic sense of humor, normally from the perspective of another woman being jealous of her big boobs and the guys being completely oblivious or anyone that is attracted to her being completely oblivious. So, yeah, if you're being particular, I guess you could comment on that. Uh, but I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like that it did cross any boundaries personally. Maybe I'm going to look back on this in three years and get canceled. I don't know. But um <laughs> Well, again, it's one of those things to where I feel like, you know, had they went any further with what they had going on, or, like, Mal had paid attention to any of it, then you probably could have been like, eh, that that's a little weird. Yeah. But with, I mean, with him being completely oblivious to it, and it was literally just used as a, like... Joke between quote women. Quote, unquote. Yeah, like, yeah. plot line to make Emmy jealous. Like, I don't, I don't see anything... I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, and I honestly remember being 16, having a friend with really big boobs, not having really big boobs myself, and us bantering between each other all the time. I still do it with her. Like, she's one of my closest friends. And uh, she is one of the twins. And her twin sister doesn't have the same, like, uh, amount of boobage (laughs) that she does. And so the banter between them was extreme because they're identical twins. 
and uh, not quite identical. <laughs> and, I mean, um, I think that's a like regular case though with stuff yeah. like that because even if take uh fucking what was it ReZero, mm-hmm. Rim and Rom also have completely different boob sizes. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty it's pretty normal with um, female identical twins more than male identical twins to be slightly different because of course puberty is. I feel like I don't know. Puberty changes us so so much quicker, girls, mm. that mm-hmm. we end up with changes more obvious younger. I feel like identical males tend to grow up more identical than identical females. Does that make sense? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, that was one thing that we always joked about, uh, being in high school. So I remember those jokes. I remember being 16 years old and making them. So... Mm. I don't feel like it crossed any boundaries for me. I thought it was funny. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the way that they did it was always humorous. Like the sound effects and stuff that they used was funny. I don't feel like there was anything that crosses those lines. So, but I will say, just for, just to be cautious, um, in the second last episode, episode 12, there may be a possible trigger warning for sexual assault. I am going to put that out there. It's one of those ones where I want to be more safe than sorry. Yeah. So I'm going to put that out there for forewarning. If you haven't seen it yet, you get to episode 12. You have that as one of your triggers. Just be aware and and allow yourself the ability to turn it off or, you know, skip that section if it gets too much. I feel like you could quite easily skip that section, though, and still be able to keep on with the plot line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but just just for fair warning. But yeah, it's so the story is a, gone on that tangent. But we haven't even discussed what it's about. Um, it is about a um a, a the devil <laughs> of um a foreign world, um an alternate dimension, universe, world, whatever. Um, who gets defeated in battle. And him and his subordinate um, escape to our world, to Tokyo. And then the hero that tried to defeat him also ends up joining them in the human world. And it's about their dynamic, navigating the human world, other people that come through the portal, them trying to find a way back, them trying to figure out how to get magic in this world because our world doesn't have the same level of magic as their world does, them meeting humans and like interacting with them, and of course trying to navigate the human world in the sense of having to find a place to live and support yourself, meaning getting a job. So the devil becomes a part-timer. Title explained. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I definitely recommend giving it a watch if you haven't seen it. It's really funny. It like we said before, it's pretty tropey, but um it's it's pretty classically anime. I feel like it's one of those really you think anime, this fits the the bill. If you took a 90s comedy and like updated it to today, mm-hmm. The Devil's a Part-Timer. Yeah. Like just without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> yeah. It's got um, a decent level of action as well. So if you're an action anime watcher, uh, this is one to check out. There's there's quite a few action scenes that are very entertaining. Well done. Animation is is good. Uh, it's very pleasing to watch. The uh, uh, voice acting I felt was fairly decent as well. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, the 
there is a slight romantic element to it, but if you're not a big fan of romance, I don't feel like it will be too much for you. I am not a big fan of romance myself. I found it very enjoyable. Yeah, I don't know. It's really, it's funny. It's got some good jokes in there. It's got some good comedic elements. So yeah, I do recommend giving it a watch. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. spoiler chicken hats. Activate. <laughs> <laughs> Activate hats. <laughs> spoiler chicken hats have been activated. Okay, so yes, starting off with a scene in the other world where we have our big fight between the devil and Amelia. Uh, yeah, the the whole uh, understanding of him, we get to see what he looks like in his devil form, what everybody else looks like, the big fight, and then him losing the battle, giving up his position, and heading into the human world. It was quite the introduction to the show. It was. And the fact that it's not even in Japanese, or English, if you watched it dubbed. I mm-hmm. watched it dubbed. I watched I've it never subbed. seen the show sub, so I cannot speak about the Japanese... Yeah. Dub at all. However, English dub, good. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's not bad by any means. I feel like the humor comes across really well in English. Yeah, in the in the Japanese dub, it is also, well, it's not in English or Japanese as well. So they have the Japanese subtitles at the top and the English subtitles at the bottom. So I'm assuming I probably got very similar wording to what you got. Probably. Mm-hmm. It's interesting hearing another language that's not English or Japanese. Coming through? Yeah. To start off that whole bit, because they actually made up their own into Eastland language. Yeah, I was curious this, about so whether was, or not it was a, a, a third language or if they had made it up. I mean, I could see them making up shit. It makes me want to learn it now. Oh my god, if we could just do a whole podcast in into Eastland. Right. Well, it's like those people that know, like, those languages from Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, and it's like they can go around speaking, like, Elvish. And I'm like, I was going to so- say, like, Elvish is actually, like, an official language or yeah. some shit like that, because yeah. enough people speak it. It's freaking cool. Yeah, like, it is really interesting. So, I think it's Like, could cool. you imagine going to a con and just speaking Elvish to another random cosplayer? <laughs> like, how freaking cool would that be? I don't know, maybe I'm a huge nerd, but that, that sounds really fun to me. Or, like, okay, you know, I, I've spoken about these before on the podcast, but I freaking love those LARPing camps where you go away for, like, a week and they have actors, or, like, you rotate, like, sometimes you're an actor, sometimes you're, like, you you have a job as, like, being a, a shadow or whatever and, like, positioning stuff, or, and mm-hmm. other times you get to be, like, active within the thing and you get to just LARP for, like, a whole week in this village that is secluded from everything. They have one in LA. I'm fairly certain they have one out here in Canada as well that I've wanted to go to for a long time, where you get to go and, like, live in the world of magic and shit and how cool would it be though if you went to one of those and there are just two people speaking elvish and you didn't understand them but they were actually speaking elvish like to me that would that would be so cool that would be really cool to stumble across like Mm. no joke like i am a human going on an adventure there are two elves and they are speaking elvish that is amazing i mean that would just up your cosplay game that much more oh my god yes yes I have mad respect for people that learn languages for, like, that can learn a second language in general, but to learn a second language for, uh, freaking fandom, that's mm-hmm. next level. That's insane. Like, and not even officially recognized language. 
Yeah. But you just love something so much that you just go out and learn a language that will do you no good. You cannot put it on a resume or anything like that, but you just love something so much that you go out and do it. Mad props. Like, no joke. Well, it's one of those things of, like, I wish that I loved something that much that I could dedicate that much time to it, you know? Like, that level of passion and determination is insane. Right? Oh, without a doubt. Mm Mm-hmm. So our main character and his subordinate show up in the new world and they get mistaken for cosplayers. (laughs) Right (laughs) off the bat. Yeah, just immediately. Like they get seen by cops. They're freaking out in their language. Mm -hmm. And the cops are like, oh, not only are they cosplayers, but they're foreigners. Mm -hmm. Arrest them. Yeah. Well, they take them in for questioning just to be like, hey, are you good? Mm -hmm. And when they are there, yeah, the cops get hypnotized. And they figure out (laughs) more about the world. And then they uh, go and and get all that paperwork and shit that's needed. And by the time that um, they finish, they've given themselves human names. So now our characters have names that aren't just like devil. And I can't remember what... Is uh, Ashia's demon name Ashia as well? No, it's Alciel. Okay, yeah, cool. Thanks. So they have other names now. Now they have human mm-hmm. names too. Even though I will never refer, I will never refer to Mal by Satan. He's just Mal. Yes. Yeah. Mal. Yeah. So much more fun that way. Mm-hmm. Also, so for the sub, what did they call Katsudon? Oh, um. Did did they call it Katsudon? Yeah, it's like Katsudom with an M. Hmm. And then the callback at the very end of the last episode, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, because they call it Cat's Dune in the, like, C-A-T-S space D-U-N. And that just tickled me. Especially, like you said, the callback at the very end where they're yeah. both like, two Cat's Dunes, please. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's I had very such a giggle over it. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It's very similar to that in the in the sub as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, very wrong, still. Um, nope, very, very wrong, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah. And yeah, so we're just kind of introduced to their lifestyle. This is, they very quickly assimilate. They get a new apartment. Also, can we talk about the landlady? Like how, what? Oh my God. She does not make sense at all. So yeah, they have a hard time finding someplace to rent because they're sketchy. Uh, Then they find this place with this landlady. She is a interesting character. Um, And she... Later on, you find out that she's like, she knows about the other world, but we we know nothing about her. Yeah, like, we don't know who she is, where she came from, how no. long she's been in that world, how she knows about Anta Isla. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Mal is pretty good at sniffing out people from there. Sheba. Sheba Mickey. He's pretty good at sniffing out people from Anta Isla. So it's it's like, maybe he can't detect her or she is human. And just knows stuff. Also, I'm really kind of curious about that picture from Hawaii. I'm not. No. It's the talisman to ward off evil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm really curious about it. I want to see. But yeah, okay. So then he gets a job at, oh, what do they call it? Um, McRonald's? Is it McRonald's? I think so. It might be McRonald's. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, we'll go with that. McRonald's. And... Yeah, that start of his adventure, it begins. They go, that's the thing. Yeah, and then episode two, Mal is confronted by the hero in the real world. 
Yeah, so at the very end of the the first episode, you get to see Amelia briefly when he shares an umbrella with her, and then she comes back for vengeance. Yeah. Sacred sword? No, says I. Cheap little dollar store knife. <laughs> yeah. Not um, even knife, like a little bitty dagger. And his poor bike. Yeah, poor Dulahan. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they they start the bickering, bickering commence. And Emmy, oh my god, she's such a character. She, I haven't read further than this in the manga or anything, so I only know what content came out for the first season of this show. Obviously, the second season isn't out yet. Mm. I am left on a point where I don't know if she likes him or not. You know, as far back as I watched the show, and I've known about the manga, I've known how far ahead the manga is. Mm-hmm. I have not once thought about going to seek it out for some yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. I want to know what happens because I am genuinely curious. Yeah, because like Just we because I'm a romance nerd. I have to know these things. Mm-hmm. Because there I own are... every volume of your line, April. Give just give me the romance, please <laughs> and thanks. Um, but there are three possible love interests really for Mao. Although I would say that Susano is kind of not really in the same league as for, like, um, amount of build-up, I guess. I don't see her as a love interest anymore. No, she was when they first established her. Yeah, and then that very quickly changed. <laughs> With her just complete obliviousness. Yeah, um, so you have one, like, true love interest, but then you have the one that you actually want to ship. Yeah, so Chiha, we- But the love interest is not for the main character. Mao is just the love interest. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't mind if Emmy is just ends up being his friend. I don't know. You know what I could go for? What? A Food Wars type ending. Huh. To where, like, it's inferred. Yeah. By the way, spoiler warning for Food Wars, skip ahead like 60 seconds if you don't <laughs> want Food Wars spoilers. But anyway- mm. Like, it's inferred that they got together and they love each other, but it's never truly told. Yeah. If this kind of, the the trio kind of feels like a Sasuke, Naruto, Sakura situation. Kind of, sort of, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. In the sense that, like, Emi and Mao are supposed to be arch rivals. Chiho is very much in love with Mao, but he doesn't, uh, well, he's aware of it, but he's he's not done anything to reciprocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels kind of like it feels kind of like the the Naruto trio. I don't know. I wouldn't mind if Ashia and Emmy get together. To be honest, because I kind of like that he's just like a really hardworking, solid, stay at home dad kind of figure. And I feel like because she's such a go getter, I feel like they would pair well. Actually, I think that Ashia and Suzuno would make a better. Hmm couple yeah i could see it i just think their personalities would mesh together and uh <laughs> yurushiha haran needs to get a, a body pillow that he can <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> lucifer either gets nobody or he gets a body pillow that's yeah it. that's all he gets <laughs> he, he can have a body pillow um, <laughs> no he can have the landlady <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he is the only one that is immune um, uh, no, he wasn't immune. No, he wasn't. Yeah, that's true. <gasps> Combine them all, landlady bodybuilder. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's quite a few like shippable possibilities of these characters. 
Oh yeah, without a doubt. And it's just it's just fun to, you know, sit here and make guesses even though we're finally getting a second season later this year. So just give it to me. Yeah. Please yeah. I, I am curious to see who will eventually get paired with who, or if they don't, because I mean in a lot of shows like this where it's more like comedy action and less romance, I feel like they kind of just leave it as a question all the way through the series and you never actually get an established ending on the romance and who gets paired with who, which I'm cool with because it's not a romance first and foremost. So I don't feel like it's necessary to have the the official pairing and it's probably better on a marketing side of things to leave it to not have an official pairing because it gets people talking, gets people shipping on themselves, writing different fan fictions, uh, fan art, which is all good publicity for the show, gets people talking about it and then eventually makes them money through merchandise and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, I can see if they don't do it purely for a marketing standpoint and not actually have an official romance, but maybe they do. I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Chiho's hair, I want to talk about for a second. <laughs> um, the art style is very, very cute, but her hair grows like six inches when she puts it in pigtails. Yep. It doesn't make sense. No. At all. No. If she has a bob when she puts it in pigtails, it would not be that long. <laughs> Maybe it's hair extensions. Maybe. Just for aesthetics. Honestly? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good reason to use hair extensions. <laughs> <laughs> So make your pigtails longer and poofier. I mean, hey, I could see it. Why not? Yeah. If you want pigtails, but don't have the hair for pigtails, extensions, then you have pigtails. Subtle animation thing. Ashia's cheekbones whenever he's sick. Yes. Because, like, yeah. Just, it lets you know that he's sick and mm-hmm. that he's lost weight. Yeah, because sometimes he's sick, but he's not, like, actively sick. I mean, sometimes he's very, very ill. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but sometimes he's just like still up and about and doing housework Um, but he still has those little lines on his cheekbones it's like you can tell that he's still not feeling well which then Mm -hmm. continues the joke on which I thought was a really clever little bit to keep keep it up Mm -hmm. I feel like in other animes they wouldn't have included that it was a small animation thing that I noticed that I liked I mean it's White Fox though again you gotta give him credit where credit is due because just the little subtle things that they do is just what sold me on him. And yeah. a reason why ReZero is constantly trying to hit in my top two or three anime of all time. Mm-hmm. So in episode three, Chiyo goes um, on a date with Mao. And it's really cute because he actually like acknowledges that it's a date and like tries to make it a good time for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a really, a really cute episode to just be like... I don't know, it just, it was like, yeah, I haven't stated my feelings for you in return, but you have asked me for advice, so I'm going to make sure you have a good time when you come out, and and I'm going to acknowledge, it was one of those things where it was like, yes, this is good communication, yes, this is good acknowledgement of a situation, there's none of that, like, shy questioning, game playing, is this a date, isn't it a date, I'm really anxious because I don't know, he was, like, really upfront and forward about it, and I appreciate Mm. that. Yeah. And it wasn't creepy in any way because it's like a demon who's thousands of years old, but it wasn't, again, it was never made creepy in any way. It just felt sweet and encouraging. Yeah, he just took her out for a coffee and, um, yeah, he, he was just, he was really, like, nice about it and very, you know, G-rated, chill time. It was cool. Mm -hmm. And then Earthquake. 
Earthquake! Yeah, so all throughout up until this point, there have been the small little earthquakes that have kind of been messing with the storyline. They, they were very good at establishing those from really early on. Mm-hmm. So that, and, and not necessarily always to the point of like, oh, this is leading to something. I feel like the first one, you could have just thrown off as like a, oh, it's just part of Japanese culture thing. Yeah. They didn't make it a huge obvious plot point right off the bat. I feel like when we're, because we analyze these, we pick up on those kinds of things more often. Because I certainly thought, oh, that's going to be a key point later on. But I feel like it could have been one of those things where you watched it and you just didn't even realize that it was happening. And then on the second watch through, you were like, oh, this is that. They established that really early on. Yeah. And yeah, so then they they have big earthquakes. Chio knows about it. She knows that something's up with it. She can kind of like predict them or whatever. And she's hearing voices in her head. Then they go down to underground shopping mall. There's a really big earthquake. It crashes down everything. A couple of other characters are there because they are, because that's how that works. And uh, can we talk about Ashia always going back for his cape? Yep. (laughs) Like dude gets his powers back and instead of jumping in and doing anything, he literally just goes and gets his cape. By the way. That man should have so much magical power saved up. At yeah, this point. he never uses any of what what kind of adventures does he go on to go and get his capes that uses all of his magical powers? Maybe since he's always reading those books, and maybe the reason he can never find a job, he's actually just taking trips to Egypt the whole time looking the at the pyramids time. going, huh. <laughs> huh. It's like I want OVAs of him on cape adventures. Well, there's actually an OVA manga called The Devil's a Part Timer High School. Mm-hmm. So instead of that, give me The Devil's a Part-Timer, Ashia's Adventures. Yes. I want to see Ashia's, I don't know, whatever he's doing. I want to see see what Ashia gets up to. Yeah, like what is he doing with this power that he saved up? Is he doing anything at all with it? Does he secretly plan on turning on Mao in later episodes in season two? So many questions. So many questions. I highly doubt it. That's not his character. No. But I do, I feel like he's the kind of like bumbling oaf that you would get to see end up in some very bizarre situations that could quite easily be the main character of a different anime. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, we love a good bumbling elf main character. Oh, yeah. And then after the earthquake, Emilia is, like, wondering what's going on because of everything, and she puts Chio to sleep because Chio's freaking the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, okay, you can come out. And then Mao appears, but in demon form. But instead of doing anything or trying to fight her, what does he do? He rebuilds everything and wastes all of his magic to be a good boy, and Amelia is conflicted. Yes, yeah. So I feel like, obviously we don't know at this point, even with the the finished season, really what Mao's intentions were when he declared war on the rest of the world. We don't know why he went around slaughtering people. He did briefly say for a moment that it was just because he hadn't considered things that way. Like, he didn't consider humans that way. But, like, uh, Chiho later on, after that, mentioned that he must have a reason for doing so, which kind of leaves me with the impression that they are going to try ex- try and explain it away in some other form later on. But I feel like the explanation could be just as simple as... I am responsible for my demon people. My demons are always at war with your humans because humans don't like demons. And so when I went and declared war on you, it wasn't to kill the humans. It was just simply to like, because we have been at war for how long? You know? Like it's Somebody just- Somebody forgot the opening monologue of the show. Did I? What's the opening? Because in the opening monologue, it said, 
that he just wanted a place where demons could like live freely yeah. in peace. The, yeah, and that's kind of yeah, that's kind of where I was getting that, and then it, yeah. it's explained. So I I'm chill. <laughs> I came up to the same conclusion. I mean, it's as very easy to miss explained. because again, it's in a language that we don't understand. Like we don't get it. There's subtitles. Yeah, but it's like it threw me for a loop again. Yeah, and I it's one of those ones that I feel like he himself could very easily explain that would then like with the situation with Susano and even Amelia. When he's having those monologues with them and they are very conflicted on whose side they lie on, I feel like he could very easily sway their opinion by just explaining that he is the leader of demons and he has to protect his own. The humans were fighting him and and taking away their land and taking away their their homes. And so he was just trying to... I mean, it makes sense. It happens to us all the time as humans when humans fight other humans. And it's like, well, why are you fighting? Well, because we want a safe space for our people. It's like, well, that's the same reason that the other side is fighting as well. Yeah. My granddad, we spoke about my granddad a few times on the podcast, and I spoke about him a lot on stream because he was kind of a weird fellow. He always used to say that he would rather go to hell than to heaven because the devil protects his own. But then on the other Mm. side, he would also say, uh, surely the most evil thing the devil could do would be to say that he is God and have everybody worship him and portray God as the devil. And because God doesn't get involved, he would be able to do that freely without God doing anything. So in his mind, God was the devil and the devil was God. So when he said that he would go to hell, he was actually saying that he would want to go to heaven, but he would do so by going to hell because the devil had portrayed to humans that he was God. I have smoke coming out of my ears, my brain. (laughs) Does that make sense? Did I explain that well? It does, but then yeah. my brain got lost. <laughs> it makes sense. Like, yeah. I get it. But at the same time, it's just cogs have clogged somewhere mm-hmm. in my brain. Yeah. But those are, that's that's what my granddad always used to say to me. Of course, I grew up in an um, atheist household, so uh, it it was a very interesting conversation I used. My granddad used to have um, uh, arguments with the local priest when he was in his heyday. Um, and the local priest used to wear these long woolen black cloaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and his wife used to wear long woolen bottle green cloaks. And they looked like a couple of like vampire witches. That's how my mum always used to describe them to me. Mm-hmm. And then my granddad, um, who was a witch, <laughs> he used to um, wear like linens and, and a lot of like other sources of natural materials they both wore natural materials but my my granddad was like free and i don't know like way more like loose fitting even though in the uk it's freezing and they used to wear like heavy wools and and solid coats and stuff and then they would stand outside the local shops and argue with each other they loved it both of them on both sides they would have these these long debates with each other of discussing each other's opinions on stuff and uh my mom always says that half of the reason they used to do it was to give the local shop owners things to gossip about <laughs> Uh, gotta love it. Yeah, yeah, it was a different time back in those days, because that was obviously when my granddad was a whole lot younger. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was one of those things that I wish, if I could go back in time, that's one of the things that I wish to go and witness, was a, mm-hmm. a witch and a priest having an argument in the middle of a village. Honestly, I'd love to see that myself. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. But yeah, so then... Episode four, em- Emilia's backstory. Yeah, which is... Um, I feel like a fairly standard backstory for a hero, but I would like, I am assuming we're going to get more content to do with her mom um, and her angel side. 
because I do definitely have a seed of curiosity that has been planted that um, mm. I'd like to be watered to grow. Because, yeah, I want to know more about that. I also want to know, I'm curious about her dad because she adamantly states that her dad is dead. But I don't think we ever actually got any confirmation on that. Not only that, but it's like a running theme in this show that people don't die. Mm-hmm. Like people you think are dead, not dead. Mm-hmm. Although the one person I do want to see just get impaled is KFC man. <laughs> yeah, the pervert. Um, yeah, wanted uh, to see him get impaled harshly. Mitsuki. You you know you know what he is. Other than a pervert. Yeah, other than that. <laughs> what? A Dollar Tree version of James from Pokemon. <gasps> he is! <laughs> He's a James ripoff. He really is. Like, uh, or what would it be for y'all? Like a Tim Hortons ripoff of James? <laughs> uh, is that accurate? <laughs> uh, uh, I think a lot of Canadians may find that insulting to Tim Hortons. But yeah, we have Dollarama, Dollar Tree, Dollar Store. Okay, yeah, that... Mm-hmm. Cut that however you like to get my point across. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. I think that that is accurate. We'll get to him, though. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, uh, we never got any confirmation that her dad's dead, but she's adamant about it. But especially considering that her mentor turned evil, mm-hmm. um, I feel like there's a good chance that he told her that her dad is dead, but her dad isn't actually dead. I don't know. But that is speculation. Yeah, not only that, but the Archangel is a prick. Yes. I think it's very easily becoming known that Emmy can't trust anyone on her side. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Mal, he's honest about everything. Like, dude's honest to a fault. Yeah, well, it's one of those things of, like, as the devil, what does he have to lie about? Because if he's being evil, he's just going to admit it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're always portraying yourself as good, if you're going to do anything that double crosses or backstabs or undermines somebody, then you're going to try and disguise it as still being good with good intentions, which is something that quite a few of the good characters, supposedly good characters, um, fall into traps of later on. I don't know. I don't feel like the devil has a need to lie other than just for his own enjoyment. And Mal clearly doesn't get any enjoyment out of it because he's been portrayed as being a devil because he's so-called evil. But it's he's only evil from the perspective of the humans. If you're a demon, then he's the good guy and the humans are the evil ones. So due to the earthquake and the backstory and everything, mm-hmm. once they go back up top, they are confronted by Amelia's co-worker slash friend and Amelia goes to stay with co-worker and co-worker's like ooh spill it who's the like ripped abbed man beside you mm-hmm. y'all look like y'all were close mm-hmm. um yeah and suzuki actually has a really like heartwarming moment with amelia as well where they're they're just like bonding over previous past trauma and it gives Amelia a chance to kind of take a bit of a release and it's a fairly small moment I'd say like it's not like a huge it's not something that's ever really referred back to mm-hmm. but it's just a comforting warm little moment in the anime that I really appreciated it's like little bitty bits of character growth that just yeah. work mm-hmm. and supporting characters that are actually supporting characters mm-hmm. which we love oh yeah yeah so what happens next what do we get next Chiho tries to turn 
into a yandere because Emmy comes over, Chiho just magically shows up at Miles' house, and yes. Chiho is ready to lose her shit. Yes. With Emmy and Mal being there alone together. And Mal being in his boxers. Yep. <laughs> Although he's always in his boxers when he's at home. What's new true. here? That is true. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's again one of those moments where you are establishing a character dynamic. And yeah, like I said before with the shipping thing, they never really confirm who's with who. And Amelia's feelings are of Mao. Like we I still don't know if she is just flustered because she doesn't know how she feels about him being the devil that has supposedly killed her father and still being this really nice guy or mm-hmm. if she like is gaining a crush on him on top of the fact that he is the devil that supposedly killed her father that is actually just a really nice guy which is all very conflicting and i could feel i could understand why she doesn't really know what her own feelings are because i don't think anybody would know what their own feelings were if they were in that situation Mm -hmm. so yeah it's kind of just left up to your own imagination as to who you think mao is leaning towards and if amelia feels anything towards him in the first place I personally don't think he's interested in either of them at this point in a romantic way. I feel like he's just got other shit on his mind. He is too busy trying to become manager of McRonald's. Yes. That's all he gives a shit about. Also, I will say that this anime takes place over quite a long period of time. It is later on. I feel like it's probably in episode like nine or ten or something where they do establish that it has been a year that has passed. So Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I think it takes place over like. 13, 14 months for a whole season, give or take. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like each episode takes place over a month. I could see it. Which I feel like is reasonable because he does get lots of promotions and things happen and just daily life. And that's kind of half the point of the anime is that it's these mythical, magical creatures from a foreign world that are just blending in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because of that, there's a lot of just normal daily life. Which we love. Yeah. The daily lives of demon boys. <laughs> Honestly, it makes me feel less inferior because if they're having to go to work, then <laughs> right. I have to too. I can still be a demon lord even if I have to work at McDonald's. Sorry. Mac. What is it? Meg Ronalds. <laughs> like MG and then Ronalds. Okay, McRonalds. McRonalds. Sorry. <laughs> I'm giggly today. I shouldn't have watched that stupid TikTok. Uh, You'll probably end the recording and go watch it some more. It's really funny. It is funny. It is great. Uh, um, Episode five. This is where we get that little hint of the landlady's fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, So she just comes in and she just says that she's going to do some renovations on the apartments, right? And when she speaks about them, she also just like brings up casually that... They, they're they from, like, they, she knows about them and their world and their ways of life and stuff. Which, and then she Well, just... it's because she shows up, like, because this happens, like, right where episode four ends. Mm-hmm. And Chiho just storms off. And so she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing some re- renovations also, Mr. Mao. Do you think it's wise to let a girl just run off on her own whenever all these weird earthquakes or, like, spatial quakes mm-hmm. are happening? And she, like, looks at him and it's like... Oh, oh, okay. Yes. And so then he takes off to go try to assist. And that is whenever we find out that Lucifer, who was believed to be dead and was killed by Amelia, is alive and has bald church man or Olba. 
Um, yeah, so in this particular world, Lucifer and the devil are two different characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lucifer is not... He, he is an, uh, still a fallen angel, but uh, he is just a fallen angel. He is not also the devil. Yeah, he is not Satan. Yeah. So... And has been promised by Olba a ticket to heaven if they kill Amelia and Satan. Yes, because... Well, um, oh yeah, Olba is... He's a member of the church. He's not actually, like, an angel or... He's like a... I think he's like a high priest He's an or archbishop like or something, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh... But he doesn't, he's not actually, like, an angel, so I don't know he can, how he can promise that, but sure. Because he's technically, surely, just a channeler from heaven to earth, not, like, a commander of the, but whatever. I don't ask questions. <laughs> so Lucifer is doing all of these earthquakes and stuff, and he's trying to kill both of them because he wants to go to heaven. And then they have a big old fight in the middle of the city, and uh, because everyone gets scared, Mao gets his magical powers back because he he gets powers off of fear. He learns this officially when Lucifer gets his powers off of Jiho, who he has captured. But he kind of, I feel like, already suspected it um, after the earthquake at the bottom of the, the shopping center thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like officially confirmed, or at least explained to us, the viewer, at this point. Uh, then... Amelia is still fairly conflicted on how she feels about Mal. She's still, like, watching him from the shadows and being kind of creepy and stalkerish. This is kind of the turning point, I feel like, for her. She was already conflicted because of the shopping center situation where he helped everybody there. But this is officially, I feel like, where she's... Her mind is swayed because he prevents all of these people from dying. He pauses the world, deals with the situation, puts everything back. And because he then repaired the world, which I think this is one of the first animes I've seen where they like repair the world. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of the first action things I've seen where they repair the world after said action yeah. has taken place. And you know what uh, I want? What? I want an anime that's like viscera cleanup detail. Like it's an anime of people who have to actually fix worlds that have been destroyed by like Godzilla and shit. Yeah. Like I think that would be hilarious. I think you could do a sitcom out of that. I feel like you could do pretty much anything out of that concept. Like characters just come in, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Again, you could do it from them. Like if you did it as like a fan thing, you could do it from all of the different universes. Yes. So you just go through, and then it's like live action, and you get actual actors to do it when um, it's like a Marvel cleanup or a DC cleanup or something, and or Fast and Furious or whatever. And then whenever it goes into an animated world, you animate them and have those actors voice act the characters, and then they they're like animated when they're ever cleaning up an animated world, and then they're live action when they're cleaning up a live action world. That'd be amazing. It would be really funny. You could have um, the occasional spotlight st- storylines where, like, they get stuck and they're animated in a live action or live action in an animated, and they're like, "Why? I'm wrong." And then they have to be like from different walks of life. Like, you have one dude from the deep south, <laughs> one who is like a demon from an anime or something. He's a character from the first show or like from the first episode that didn't manage to get away yeah. in time. Yeah. So he gets like suckered into like community service <laughs> detail. <laughs> oh my god, they could all be on community service from all of their different worlds. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> They've all been involved in creating chaos in their world. So as punishment, they have to do community service by cleaning up other worlds. Yes, please. Just give yes. it to me. Yeah. Okay, thanks. That would be really fun. But back on topic for this yes. episode. So this also, although it's like a battle-heavy episode, it also has its moments of humor. Mm-hmm. 
because Amelia and Ashia are the ones fighting, and Mal is, like, holding up a bridge from being destroyed to mm-hmm. keep people from getting crushed. Yes. And he's like, I'm the devil. Why am I the one that's just sitting here having to do medial labor? Yeah. At that point, I died. Yeah. It's like, this is really heavy. <laughs> I was like, if ever there were an individual who would be me in an anime, it would be this one. Mm-hmm. And this is also where Chiho gets to, like, see everything, because she was put to sleep in the previous big catastrophe, but this one, she asked specifically not to have her memories taken away of the situation, and she learns who everybody is, what the situation is, and um, gets involved in everything officially. Well, I mean, Emmy does it a little bit out of pettiness. Yeah. Because she's like, I want you to see everything. I want you to see Satan for who he really is. Yeah. And Mal's, like, doing everything he can to save people. And it's just like, oh. Yeah, so it kind of backfired on Emmy, huh? Because she was like, you should see Satan for who he really is. And she was the one who ended up seeing him in a new light. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. And then episode six, Lucifer joins the party. Yeah, and he just becomes a neat. He just... Literally a neat. Like, they get him a laptop and he's, like, showing them how to hack. Like, he calls... Emmy at work with Mal there, and Mal's like, oh, this is so cool, I'm talking to her, how does this work? Right. And, uh, yeah, and he moves into their, into their very small apartment, and... Then you have the schoolyard test mm-hmm. of courage. Yes, uh, which is, I feel like this is one of those stereotypical animal, an- animal, anime tropes that had to be included in this season, otherwise it wouldn't he, like is it even an anime if there isn't a schoolyard scare f- well i mean thing? you can't have like a slice of lifey anime or something like that without having like some sort of like festival-y gimmick mm-hmm. but instead of a festival you get a fucking test of courage instead which is hilarious it is very funny but then there's another test of courage down the road too technically yeah there is actually and kind of a beach episode it's not a beach, but there are bikinis. And it's the same episode. Yeah, uh, it's it's a fun episode. It's kind of, a, I won't say a filler episode, but it doesn't really have anything that's like integral to the storyline that really takes place. I don't feel like. It kind of like sets up the next episode, yeah. kind of, sort of. Well, I feel like a, a fairly big plot point just concluded with Lucifer being like taken in and Oba being arrested. So it's like a... Yeah, a fairly decent plot point. Like, then there's a bit of a break, and then we have to, like, build up again for the next big arc. And the next big arc begins in the next episode, because Susano shows up with a metric fuck ton of noodles. Yeah, so Susano uh, originally starts off as just being a young girl who has moved to the city in this really shabby apartment all by herself, and wishes to like, integrate herself with her neighbours and get to know them and everything. And she is an unusual character because she speaks in a very old-fashioned way. She dresses in traditional Japanese wear and she doesn't know about modern things at all. And uh, she has a shit ton of noodles. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so it's yeah. all about her trying to navigate life. But also, with the end of the episode... Emmy gets attacked by some dude inside of a convenience store. Yes. And he has a weird purple eye thing. And also, um, store clerk, good on you, dude. Yeah, Pelt's fucking attacker with oranges. Yeah. 
And it was so chill as well about Amelia just, like, shoving him. Not only that, but she, like, yeeted that man with, like, one hand. Yeah, he, like, gets yeeted. She runs after the villain. Then he's just like, nah, it's cool. And I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. And then I like how Emmy was just so chill because he's like, hey, by the way, it's sore policy if we get robbed for... To have the customer come back and stay in the store until the cops arrive to give a statement. She's just like, fuck, fine. <laughs> right, yeah. It was great. It was a fun time. But also, the magical attacker can nullify Emmy's sacred sword. Yes. To what she's just like, what? Mm-hmm. This is shenanigans. Yeah, and, and throughout this, there are peaks into their original world where you are seeing the political stance of everything because obviously the devil is no longer there the church now runs the place and you're also getting quite a few flashbacks to the way that the church was running before the war and during the war Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of whisperings of like underlying uh, typical government backstabbing kind of shit (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, and that continues on throughout the next fair few episodes, all the way up into the big, like, main point in episode 12. I'm and like, then yeah. episode eight, competition. Yeah. Or two different sets of competition at that. Yes. <laughs> Although one of them was a misunderstanding. The other one was just straight up competition. Yeah. So you have... Susano and Chiho finding out about one another, mm-hmm. and Chiho obviously loses her shit because here's another potential love interest for Mao to where she's like, oh my god. And then Emmy and Susano also have a misunderstanding of where Emmy thinks Susano likes Mao and couldn't tell that she was into Eastland. Mm-hmm. But then also KFC opens across from McDonald's. I mean, SFC opens across from McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Um... Competition. And their manager is fucking creepy. Yeah. And I think this is also the episode where Chiho actually can, like, straight up confesses her her feelings to Mao. Yeah. Which, again, I feel like it's is along the same way as their date episode. She was just very upfront and blatant about it. It was really good communication. And he accepted her feelings but didn't return them. Like, he didn't say anything about it. He was just like cool, I'm glad to know that you have those feelings about me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I felt like it was a really healthy conversation. And she didn't, she wasn't like, you need to love me now. She was just like, I just need to tell you that this is how I feel about you. And you, I feel like you should be aware if we're going to hang out. But not only that, but her face, whenever he like completely brushes it off for something else, just like that blank stare of, oh, he doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, consistently through the next few episodes, he has those really duh moments of just obliviousness yeah just like it's blatant ignorance at this point yeah <laughs> but then susano and emmy go shopping and that's whenever they find out that they were incorrect about each other mm-hmm. and then mal gets threatened with having to go to greenland and be a manager there if he doesn't <laughs> properly compete with sfc <laughs> yes and there's a big festival that's kind of going on between the two like a uh, the, around the stores when CFC uh, SFC opens and yeah they're trying to figure out a way to uh, make the store appealable to everybody who's walking on by and going to SFC and then episode 8 and episode 9 are basically just like straight continuations of one another Yeah. so Mal sends Ashia to go to KFC mm-hmm. or SFC whatever Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. Anyway, 
to go do recon. So he's like, get all the things on the menu. And then while Ashi is there, he runs into Emmy and Rika, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. And also Susano. They were all there together, all there chatting. And I really love Ashia's like explanation for who they are with Emmy and everything. Yeah. Like that dude was smooth with yeah. that question answering. Yeah, just going straight into it. It was a company feud between the two of us. She was on one side, we were on the other. And uh, we have this difficult relationship where we've been at war with each other uh, for quite a long time with our companies, mm-hmm. trying to get bids as construction companies that she ended up winning out on. And now their relationship is awkward, but they're still like old rivals and friends. Not only that, but Chiho and Boneless Hamburgers. <laughs> Boneless Hamburgers. <laughs> so that's not going to make any sense. However, so they were trying to come up with marketing schemes because they had no customers except for one old lady eating what looked like a burrito, which didn't make any sense. <laughs> it could be a wrap, I suppose. McDonald's has wraps, don't they? They have breakfast burritos, but it wasn't breakfast time. Yeah, but Japan McDonald's has weird shit. That is true. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to look at a Japanese McDonald's video mm-hmm. and get back to everyone. But yeah, so they were trying to come up with things. And so Chiho was like... Hey, our bur- our burgers are boneless. <laughs> all of the customers, all the people outside were just taking pictures of her just being like, she's so dumb, but so cute. So Mao ends up setting up like bonsai tree things to have like where people can put their wishes on like paper links. Yeah. And everybody was just running up to Chiho like, oh, you're the, you're the boneless burger girl. Yeah. And like this, this is brilliant. I love this. But also, Rika confronts Mal and is like, I know who you are. You have to prove to me that you were good enough for these people. Mm-hmm. And he's just not having any of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so then they go and they set out these decorations in front of the store. And then Mal, and it's never quite established as to whether he did it intentionally or not. But he ends up releasing magic that attracts everyone to the store. And then it's also in this episode where you found out on the... That for the next episode, Mal's going on a trip. And his favorite rocket ship. And yeah, so he's going on a trip because there is a new amusement park that is opening up. And it, they have a, a Mc, I'm never going to remember it, McRonald's inside yep. the amusement park. And because it's, it's opening day, um, the staff there has requested um, if there's any available staff from other McRonald's around to... Just help them out for the opening day because they're expecting it to be really crazy busy, which is and reasonable. And lady was like, I'll send you my best employee. Yes, which is Mao. So then the other girls end up going as well um, just to like hang out and have a day off because she, she requested to join him at work but didn't end up getting needed to go. So she just went for her own fun times. Ashi is supposed to go as well, but he gets sick and uh, <laughs> doesn't. Um, and he gets very, very sick. And then while they're there at the amusement park, it's kind of what I was talking about with the beach episode, because it's kind of like a, a zoo reptile house, horror, haunted horror house plus water park. <laughs> Test of courage beach episode. Yeah. Basically, I feel like they had a, a, they wanted the beach episode. They wanted another Test of Courage vibe. And then they actually had to do the storyline. So they used a reptile house for it. And they just included it all in one very vague amusement park. 
But I mean, I would be down to go to that kind of amusement park. I just don't think. I mean, one... I would be down too. Why not? Yeah, I just don't think one that is that general actually exists. Because they also I have mean, like a circus with all the performers there. You never know. It's like Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> just everything wrapped up in one. Everything all at once. And yeah, so it's just them like chilling out, having some good fun times. But then, da da da, Monkey Escapes, who has the same name as Mao um, Sado, which is his, his first name that he gave himself. That in, I think it's the very first episode, got commented on that it's really old and he shouldn't have used it because it's like, who names their kid Sado now? And then they, I think they broke the fourth wall when they were like, you should apologize to everyone. <laughs> Whose name said her? I think they broke the fourth wall, but I can't remember if they actually did or just nearly did. Uh, I think it was close, but I don't think it actually broke it because I didn't feel any Deadpool vibes. No, maybe. And yeah, monkey breaks out, sets the alligators loose, and the alligators are like, I'm a nom some people, but the people run away, and because of the fear, Mal gets his powers back. But again, instead of using his powers for evil, he uses it to control the alligators and get everyone under control. Yes, which is where we start to see the initial <laughs> confliction in Susano's mind, because it's kind of like the shopping center destruction that Amelia went through. We're now mm. seeing with Susano. Uh, but it's more subtle with her, because obviously the shopping center was a much bigger catastrophe than this one um mm. and he kind of has a bit of a raptor moment with chris pratt chris pratt raptor moment with the gators yep yeah next episode susano meets with crazy creepy sfc man Mm-hmm. do we find out that it's, that it's him yet i mean it's obviously quite suspicious but i mean you can look at him and tell yeah. who it is mm-hmm. but susano has no clue she doesn't pay any attention to it no because she knows who the man is. Yes. And he persuades her, like, you gotta go kill Mal. But at the same time, Susan is like, huh, I don't, I don't know. I'm confused. Yeah, she clearly sees Mal as, it's, I feel like her confliction lies more with Amelia than with Mal at this point. <clears throat> Actually, I think her confliction is more or less, like, not just with Amelia, but her own beliefs yeah she's basically the church's killer because you see her backstory in this and you Mm -hmm. see how she's basically like the church's hitman and like one of the best yeah for the church but she's like this is one of those things to where i don't feel like it's right yeah that point further gets pressed on later when mao actually has his his monologue with her um where he's like you have the right end but the means that you're taking to get there are just as destructive as anything that i was doing so, mm-hmm. and you call yourself the good guys? Like, how does that make you any different? Yeah. Like, episode 12, for all of its, you know, one scene of creepiness, was actually a phenomenal episode. Yeah. And it, personally, for me, I didn't find the creepiness too much because I'm not triggered by that kind of stuff. But if you are triggered by that kind of stuff, I feel, yeah, it, it's fair to give the warning. Um, yeah. Because it's one of those, like, I was not nearly as uncomfortable with that as I was with the whole second arc of SAO. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's plenty of stuff that is way worse than that. Uh, But yeah, better be safe than sorry with that kind of stuff. And it's uncomfortable, but it's still PG-13 uncomfortable, which is what it's Mm -hmm. rated. So I don't feel like it's one of those ones where it's, yeah, it's it's a plot point. Episode 12, Emmy and Chiho get kidnapped this time, because why kidnap one when you can kidnap both just to really drive home a plot point? If we're trying to piss off the devil, 
Yes. And then Ashia also ends up in the hospital and makes a fuss about ending up in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, 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 uh, there's a, like I said before, it's uncomfortable, tortured, almost sexual assault scene. I mean, yes, sexual assault, but like, yeah, could have been worse. Could have been a whole lot worse. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those, if they had taken it any further, like just the tiniest step further, then it would have crossed the line. Yeah. Spoken about crossing the line, very much so. I mean, it, I, all of it crossed the line because it shouldn't happen. But yeah, it it's not like you know, freaking Goblin Slayer. You know, it's 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 still yeah, in the no, PG thirteen realm. Not. But yeah, obviously it's all yeah. wrong, all bad. He is the bad guy doing bad things, all bad. But it's not crazy uncomfortable to watch. It's like it gives you the heebie-jeebies, but it doesn't make you feel sick. But thankfully, Mouse shows up at the right time and has his monologue with Susan O. In his boxers. In his boxers. Yes. Because he gets ready to fight her, but then he's like, oh, let me take off my work uniform because this dude, for why the fuck does he take the broom? He doesn't use it. No. No. So he, he leaves work because he gets a call from Lucifer who's like, hey, so listen, I planted a tracker on Emmy and it's just taking off across the map in a straight line yeah it's like it looks like it's going to the capitol building yeah well he sees so that chiho calls steals him, a broom. So, and well, he gets a call from chiho's mom doesn't he because she's yeah. like uh she hasn't come home yet so i was just checking if she's with you and, uh, and she's like thanks for all that you've done for chiho by the way she hasn't come home yet do you know where she is because mm, she yeah. didn't work today yeah and so then lucifer calls and then yeah shenanigans and so but dude literally takes off his work uniform because like oh these are on loan and if it gets damaged that I have to pay for it, and we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, mood. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, all that happens, and then Mal finally confronts the arch, the Archangel. Yes. But, oh boy, does the Archangel f- just make a mistake. Yeah, so, well, it's it's Oba, right, that, that is the one who, he escapes the hospital, um, mm. And he attacks Asha and then goes to their apartment where he meets Lucifer. And because they were originally a team, he tries to recruit Lucifer again, promising him the same spot in heaven that he originally promised him. And so then and Lucifer appears to go along with it. But at this point, you know, he's too busy being a neat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he says, yeah, okay, that's cool. We'll go along with it. So then they get the magical power because Emmy has been sent these bottles of, um, a disguised vitamin B, which is just basically like, um, uh, celestial force or yeah, mana. Uh, yeah. Uh, but because like the church folk, the heroes run off of a different mana source than the demons, demons get their mana from a fear. They get theirs basically from like holy power. So then they've been drinking like liquid holy power. Um, And Mm -hmm. because of that, the two of them are able to then basically increase the size of the moon because the archangel gets his power from the moon. So then uh, he then increases that power. But of course, in doing so, everyone that's on the street is like looking up at this fucking giant moon and being like, well, dude, that's scary. And then it increases the devil's power. Then Lucifer attacks Oba and when Oba's like why he was like because heaven for me is a tiny apartment with two other blo- blokes and good wi-fi <laughs> that's, 
I'm already in heaven. Yeah, I like how Emmy is like, you don't need to fuck with Chiho. Yeah. Like, you don't fuck with the devil's subordinates. No, yeah. And that's true. That's something my granddad always used to say. The devil protects his own. This is a prime example, because he's like, I don't give a shit about Emmy, but you went after Chiho, and now you die. You die. I am her manager right now. She is my subordinate. I will protect my subordinates. And also like how you never see Mal just like land a true blow. Mm -hmm. It's like you just see him like use an excessive amount of force, but you never actually see him land. But then whenever he gets right up in people's faces and his eyes get wide and just go that glowing red with that black aura, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And yes, then there's big fight scene. Um, Archangel loses power because Oba gets beat down by Lucifer. Uh, Devil wins. Yay, Mao! <laughs> and then he loses then, all his power again because he has to put the world back together. Yep. And then episode 13 feels like an OVA episode. Yeah, it kind of does. But like, also, I can see why they included it. I mean, it's like a wrap-up. Yeah. But also kind of like sets the stage for the next season, kind of, sort of, mm-hmm. with Repo Man. Yeah, so it's just like a... But also, the the way that the episode starts, though, where I was like, huh. Yeah, Chiho's dream. But then it's like, oh, it's a dream. It's a but dream. also, Emmy also has like a different but similar dream of Mao doing ominous shit. And it's because everybody thinks that Mao's going back into Isla. But instead, no, since Lucifer spent so much money on tracking devices, they have to pay that shit off because it went on a credit card. Yes. So they get temp jobs. Also, I've never known of a temp job paying by the day. Yeah, it'd have to be a very temp temp job. Yeah, like construction. Typically, you get paid weekly. So the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. But then also scams. Yeah. So Lucifer gets scammed and therefore Mao is like, I need to return this shit. But also, Ashia does not help. Mal with his construction temp work job. No. Ashia is the scammer. Yes. So Ashia scams Lucifer and then Mal tries to return it, but Ashia is like, no, we can't do that company policy. And then you met Repo Dickbag. Yes. Repo Dickbag is like, hey, all of it's binding. There's nothing you can do. But then Emmy saves the day for the devil. Yes, so she has been working a, like, call center job this entire time. And because of that, she knows a whole lot of policies. And um, she's like, hey, how old is Lucifer on his um, registrations? And they're like, 18. I was like, okay, cool. He's underage, cool off period. And uh, and so I'm assuming, I don't actually, like, that's not a familiar thing to me, but I'm assuming it's one of those things of, like, there is a, a return period for idiot kids. But for some reason, that man did not sit like sit right with me as a normal human. He definitely he had, feels like he he's had hair into Eastland. He had red hair. Also purple eyes. Yeah, he's not human. Or at no, least if he is human, not. he is not just regular human. Like he, there is mm. important plot line with him because he had anime hair. But then also the episode ends with Emmy returning the favor from the first episode since... Mal gave her an episode, or gave her an umbrella during the first episode in the rain. Emmy gives Mal a new umbrella for the last episode while they're in the rain. And she also does an adorable little twirl with her umbrella at the end to where I'm like, hmm, 
development. Yes, and Cat's Dom. Yep, <laughs> and Cat's Cat's Doom. <laughs> if you watch the fucking uh, dub, it's great. It's great. It's cute. This is a really good show. It's really funny. It's really, uh, yeah, it's a really solid show. I really enjoy it. I do recommend it if you're, I mean, obviously now you know the entire plotline if, if you haven't already watched it, but. If whatever, for whatever reason you wish to have spoiled the whole thing for yourself, I recommend giving it a go. It's pretty simple. It's only 13 episodes. Only one core. OP and ED are good. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, OP, good. ED, meh. Yeah. I feel like that's, yeah, that's pretty standard. Um, animation Actually, is really good. Instead of a good. meh, I'll give it a good-ish. Yeah. Um, animation is really good. It's very White Fox-ish, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because if you've listened to me talk about White Fox at any point during our ReZero watching, you'll know that typically the animation is very simple, but still good. Mm-hmm. But then whenever they have points to get across, it gets really good. Yeah. Like they know how to accentuate things and points that they want to get across. Mm-hmm. Also, the OP, very well animated. Yeah. And, and the-, the ED as well. Like they were both done really well from an animation standpoint in fact i think they were animated better than the fucking show itself yeah i also really appreciate the very distinct styles between two both worlds they kept Mm -hmm. that um very separate which i liked because sometimes in the flashbacks when you're just looking at like the the normal humans in the other world i feel like it could have gotten a little bit messy but instead like grayscale character models and also just a little bit darker toned Mm -hmm. They kept it very, very separate, which I thought was a very smart way to just, like, filter it in completely different colors, kept in very different um, and very clearly separated, which I appreciate, because if they Mm -hmm. were in the same tones, I feel like it could have gotten a little muddy. Yeah, so what do you rate it? Yeah, I'm going to give it a solid seven and a half. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I don't feel like I was emotionally moved throughout any of the show. I don't feel like I died laughing at any point in the show either. I feel like there were a good few chuckles that I got out of it, but I wasn't, like, on the floor. Yeah, the action scenes were good. The dialogue was good. Character development was good. I'm excited for the second season. I would watch again. I did watch again for this one, Mm. so I'd, I'd give it an eight. Yeah. Yeah. Because it audibly popped me a few times. Like, it wasn't even just a chuckle. Like, I audibly popped. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was a great time. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, I do think that this is a very good anime to watch. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. And then, I can't wait for season two. Also, after rewatching it, kind of want to go read the novel. Or, you know, go read the manga yeah i don't know i am very curious about the light novel series i would um like to pick up a copy of that i mean after reading the light novel of re-zero i feel like it's one of those things to where if i ever want more of an anime after i watch like a season of something i want to go out and read the novel that way i know what the characters look like i know what i'm getting into so it'll make it easier to imagine the characters Mm mm-hmm and then just go read the light novel because the ReZero light novel is in depth, man. Mm-hmm. Like I am loving what I've read so far, and it just gives you so much more insight. So I'd love to read the light novel of this. That would be great. Yeah, I'm I'm quite curious about it myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. So unless you do, let's wrap this bitch up. Yeah. Nope. Sorry, had to yawn. <gasps> Not allowed. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 
get it together eventually, I promise. <laughs> so you can find absolutely lovely Blue Lavender on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender. She doesn't stream now, but, you know, she may get back to it eventually. Who knows? I don't fucking know. Anyway. <laughs> She has an Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM. If you like art updates, life updates, all that fun stuff, you can follow her on there. And also, she has an Instagram for her dog Tilly at the best Tilly Bean, to where if you like doggo photos and you want your day to be bright and just a little bit more, go check those out because Bean is best Bean and therefore deserves to be loved and appreciated. Mm-hmm. And if you like Brad, who's the voice who's joined me here today and all other podcast days, you can find him on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming. He also is on the socials at Brad Carter Gaming as well, so be sure to check him out there. We also have a website where you can go on. I, I'm doing this in the wrong order today. I'm doing the website first. <laughs> we have a website where we have all of our previously archived episodes, along with links to your favorite listening platform and a handy dandy download button, so you can go and listen to those when you're offline. So you can, yeah, enjoy our previously archived episodes. Everything that we've already covered be sure to give those a listen we also have background information on the show information on the two of us images of our artworks link to our voice acting stuff friends of the show all kinds of stuff around the website so be sure to go check that out if you're curious we also have an instagram and a twitter underneath our twitter i did it wrong i said twitter i said it real the proper way it's twitter uh, thank you very much. <laughs> we have an Instagram and a Twitter um, that is run by Brad at BNB Anime. We're at BNB Anime on all of the socials, including our YouTube channel, where we have all of our episodes, along with some fancy thumbnails and some uh, other fun videos that may be coming soon because I'm getting in that and I've already been talking about it for weeks, but I will get there. I promise. I'm sorry. And yeah, I think that's everything. <laughs> so thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, you got a double decker of an episode Ooh. where we are covering both seasons one and two of My Hero Academia. I am really looking forward to it. My Hero has been one of the most consistent animes of the new generation. It's one of the new generation big three. And it is, it's a really good time. Yeah, it was. Like, I really enjoy it. five, right? Uh... Top ten, top ten. I would say. Okay, it was in your top five. Although at the season end of last four year. is glorious. Yeah. Like I really enjoy it. I cannot. I cannot wait for season five to wrap up because I'm not watching it week to week right now. I started it and then got busy because life is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I want to get back into it, and I can't wait to start rewatching it from scratch because it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely but, looking forward to it as well. Um. I very much enjoyed the show. I've seen a good chunk of it before. And we have covered a film here on the podcast previously as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny, though, because we've covered the films out of order. So we'll be covering the next film at some or the first film at some (laughs) point. Who knows? Also, new film coming in September, I think. Question mark. Yeah. So lots of my hero coming in the near future. But we'll get to that as it comes. But until then, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.